Hello, and welcome to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your hosts, Brent Aiken, David Pruitt, and Russell Martin. This podcast is all about equipping, encouraging, and inspiring youth pastors weekly with topics that are brought to the table by youth pastors from all over the world. And now, here's your host for this week, Brent Aiken. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, we want to welcome you and invite you over to our website, studentministryconversations.org, where you can find all of our previous episodes, our show notes, and blog articles. Our goal is that you are inspired, encouraged, and the things that you hear on this podcast can equip you to be a better student pastor for the church that you're serving in. So today we are sitting down with Russell Mann, and Russell is honestly a lifesaver because it um we're recording a couple months out but our episode 121 um i believe it was recorded without any audio and russell reached out uh to me via email and was like hey um just so you know your audio is messed up which is great because i somehow or another didn't check for quality um, and just posted it without looking. And so through conversation, Russell was like, hey, I want to come on the show. And like we say pretty much every week, um, we want you on the show. So here Russell is, um, and we are going to sit down and talk today about cross-cultural youth ministry. But before we get going into that, Russell, tell us about yourself, where you're from, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to say thanks for y'all's podcast. Like, you heard I, I listen every week and look forward to it. And so I encourage anyone to go back and listen to any. Uh, there's so many previous episodes that are so great that you can search through. Um, but, yeah, my name is Russell Mann. I am a youth pastor in Decatur, Alabama. And so that's in North Alabama, uh, just south of Huntsville, um, about an hour north of Birmingham. Um, I'm a lifelong Alabamian. I've lived all over the state, but Alabama is my home. But I did go to Auburn, so I'm an Auburn fan. Um, and that's where I met my wife, uh, Christina. And we now have two kids, um, a three-year-old named Mateo and a one-year-old Mariana. And so we got our little family, and we've been here in Decatur for uh, about four years now. We came here the month COVID started. And so uh, that was an adventure as many Goodness. Youth pastors probably share that same story. Um, but uh, what drew us to Decatur was um, we felt a calling. Me and my wife had both felt called to do um, cross-cultural ministry or missions from the time we were young. And over time, God kind of showed us that God was bringing a lot of the nations that we wanted to go to here to the United States and to Alabama um, that needed to be reach that needed to have the gospel shared with them. And so uh, Decatur, Alabama is a place where there's dozens of um, countries represented here in our schools and our community, uh, people from all over the place. And uh, the pastor at my church, he kind of recognized that and he had the vision um, to reach those different cultures in our community, but especially through the youth ministry. You know, because a lot of times the different cultures, their parents will speak a different language. Um, and it's good to try to connect with them, but it's just more difficult. And um, but these second generation um, students and teenagers, um, they were just a harvest field. They are people who come from places where they've never heard the gospel, who um, nothing was being done to reach them or to try to share about Jesus with them. 
And so he was kind of looking for a youth pastor who was passionate about that. Um, and so God kind of <laughs> connected us together by sovereignty, and I ended up coming to Decatur. Um, and I've been ministering here a few years now, um, and absolutely love it. So that's who I am. And That's awesome, man. Yeah. Very, very cool. And uh, so, yeah, when we started talking about all of this, um, I was honestly, I don't think we've covered cross-cultural youth ministry um, because, I well, I think for multiple reasons. I don't think there are many churches um, nowadays that can be considered multicultural. Um, and by multicultural, I mean more than half of your congregation is different cultures. It doesn't all have to be like 50-50 or anything like that, but when half of your country, or half of your church is established as uh, people from different countries, that is a significant thing um, to have. And so I, when Russell had mentioned that he wanted to come on and talk about that, I was like, man, that's great. Like, I'd love to get this done because like I said, I don't think that we have a ton of this um, conversation happening. And for many churches, I would say that it's probably a weak point too, because um, your town is probably not the only one that has multiple cultures. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what are we doing as youth ministries to reach out to um, the different cultures and how are we working to include them and involve them in our ministries? Um, And so I think that's a great, Um, great topic and I'm interested. And so with that, like, I guess from a 30,000 feet view, let's start there. Um, what does your ministry look like and how do you reach out? Um, and how do you specifically go towards, um, reaching specifically, um, students from other cultures? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I want to say based off of what you said, like, I live in small-town Alabama, and so I guarantee a lot of people listening in their communities even have more people um, from other cultures than we do. Um, but uh, we wanted to be faithful. You know, I really believe that um, all youth ministers in some ways are missionaries. They do a lot of the same things that youth, that missionaries do. You know, they kind of cross the culture generationally. They have to learn the language of their teenagers. They... Uh, practice a lot of these same things that that missionaries do and so they have a lot of these skills um, that they can also apply to reaching other cultures uh, in their community and I think it all starts with just recognizing um, and knowing the fact that, that there are these other cultures there um, that there are people in your community from all over um, and who have very different backgrounds and because um, sometimes you know it's just so easy in the church world to get caught in your bubble and to forget that. Um, but what's really helped me and what God has shown me through the years is like these people are here on purpose. Like God has brought them here. If you read through the book of Acts, um, you see God moving people all over the place for his purposes. Like God moves people so that people can hear the good news of Jesus. And so when I read scripture, I see that it's clear like God wants these people god has put these people where you are and you have a chance to reach them and he wants to use you to do that and that's just so exciting to me um when i get like this is part of god's bigger plan because like more people are moving around the world right now than any other time in human history and um yeah you know we can recognize all like the worldly factors in that but 
ultimately it's God and his sovereignty who is causing all of that to happen. Um, and so I think just starting with that realization um, helps you and motivates you to want to partner with what God is doing, uh, moving all these people around. So, um, yeah, anyway, with our yep. youth ministry specifically, um, there's a few different ways. Um, we do have a partnership with a Hispanic church that meets in our building. And so we have worked over the years to with that Hispanic congregation. You know, they have their own leadership, but they meet in our in our space. Um, and so we've been able to establish a partnership, and that's something I've been able to help with. And um, but anyway, they we have come to the understanding together that we are going to unite our children and youth activities. Um, and a big reason for that was that uh, our Hispanic congregation, um, they all speak Spanish, all the adults, um, but all the second generation kids growing up, they're more comfortable in English. And so they were recognizing that in order to reach their own kids, they needed help. You know, they were in a new country. They didn't know the culture their kids were growing up in or the language. And so they needed help reaching their own children. And that was really their their desire and what led them to want to do this with us. And so, um, yeah, now we have fully integrated like all our children's ministry and youth ministry activities where, you know, the adults meet separately, speaking their different languages at the same time while all the kids and youth meet together. And, yeah. uh, you know, they had that plan and it was a good plan. But for a while, um, nothing really happened. Like there weren't really many youth coming uh, to our youth ministry activities um, who were Hispanic who were part of this other congregation. And a lot of that was just because there wasn't a lot of intentionality about um, making the youth ministry a place where they can feel comfortable and feel welcomed and where they feel like they belong. And so a lot of what I've tried to focus on, and it's really hard, but is to figure out how do we make our youth ministry not just a space for people um, like me or people who are like the culture of our English speaking church, but who are, let's make this a place for everybody. And so that's kind of what I've been working to do. And a lot of that is hard, <laughs> um, but it's just all about intentionality and um, thinking we want to make this place a place for everybody. And so that affects every part of the ministry. You know, from the games we play on Wednesday nights to the illustrations I use to um, the food we eat when we hang out. Like all of that is affected by the recognition that we have different cultures here. And so that partnership with that congregation has been really fruitful and helpful. Um, and also we have a bus ministry at our church that will pick up people from different backgrounds and different cultures and who have no church experience or background and bring them to church. And I mean, I've had kids tell me they've never even heard who Jesus is, <laughs> who have come as part of that ministry. Um, and they, most of them have never set foot in a church. Some of them have just been in the United States, you know, a few months or years. And so we are literally like the first experience they've ever had with a church or with Jesus. And we want Which to make awesome. sure. I mean, that's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool because, I mean, when you get into the mindset of that, like. 
I, I think that's something that we kind of take for granted, especially in the world that we live in, in our country. I mean, speaking from the United States standpoint, and especially the South, um, it is something that like when you hear of someone that has not ever heard of Jesus, you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. How is this a thing? But you have an opportunity to literally be the first voice that they hear um, that talks about Jesus. And so, I mean, there's tremendous um, opportunity in that. I would assume there's probably tremendous weight in that too. Oh, yeah. Um, because it's one of those things that's like, man, I don't want to mess this up. Um, so what is that uh, kind of transitioning and tangenting for a second? What is that like? What does that feel like as far as like you knowing that like you're literally with the opportunities you have as a cross-cultural youth group um, like literally getting to share the gospel with some students for the first time they've ever heard the name of Jesus. Yeah, I will say, yeah, like our more than cross-cultural youth ministry, it's almost like intercultural youth ministry because, you know, imagine like on our Wednesday night service, you have so many different people and backgrounds in the room. Like I think we have like seven of our staff kids in our student ministry right now. That's a lot. <laughs> and so, I mean, like, they know everything. I mean, they, they've grown up in the church, and we have lots of other students like that. Then you also have, you know, 15 to 20 students who know nothing <laughs> about Jesus. And so um, figuring out how to plan a sermon <laughs> for both those groups of people is really difficult. Um, and it requires me yeah. really thinking through everything I'm going to say, thinking, well, it makes sense to these people. Will it help these people? Um, and really every sermon is evangelistic and trying to help people follow God's will for their life. And so it has to be both of those things. Um, and just yeah, no, having that's cool. all these people come in who don't know each other, who are from these different backgrounds. You know, I try to be really intentional about getting them interacting with each other um, and talking with each other and playing games with each other, because that's what they have to do to feel comfortable with each other. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of shifting gears a little bit, cause I think, uh, this is kind of something to, um, I guess discuss in this light as well. What are some, I mean, obviously y'all didn't start as an intercultural or cross-cultural church, whatever you want to say. Um, and so what were some of the ideas and what were some of the things that your church had to come to grips with or come to an agreement with? from staff to your congregation on like, Hey, we are going to be the body of Christ to anybody and everybody that walks through this door. Like, uh, cause there's a lot of churches out there that as much as they want to say that they're out there for everybody, they're not. Um, and so what have y'all done as a church to kind of incorporate that mindset from the ground up of wanting to be a church that allows this to happen? Because, I mean, I have been a part of churches where um, they might have said it on and it looked great on paper, but when it came to reality, it was not the case at all. And so what are some of the things that your church has done or come to grips with um, or agreed just that they needed to start doing in order for this to happen? Yeah, um, I mean, most of it was just our pastoral team and our head pastor is setting that vision biblically. Like I shared all those verses earlier, but seeing that this is in scripture and like seeing, okay, this is what's going on in the world. And this is how we can interpret that through God's word. 
and there was just lots of preaching about that and setting vision about that, um, and even to connect uh, these two different cultural congregations. I mean, there's had to be so many conversations just between leadership, um, you know, just ongoing, because there's always cultural differences that are going to come up that you have to deal with and figure out how to handle, and that's just ongoing. Um, and so it definitely makes it, I mean, it's definitely harder to do things, try to do things cross-culturally and try to unite these cultures to worship God, but I think it's worth it. Um, you know, you see throughout Scripture, uh, all throughout the New Testament, like the church was multicultural. There were Jews and Gentiles, and so many of Paul's letters are like the the differences they have and them coming together to worship God despite them. Um, and, and based off your question, like if you read through Acts, like the Jews at first in the church, you know, were the dominant culture. You know, they were the first ones there, and then the Gentiles um, began being reached and joining in with them. And so, uh, but what's interesting, like Acts 15 and the council is, you know, the Jews who are kind of the dominant, um, had more people and it started the church, you know, they are called to give up some of their traditions, to change the way they do some things so that they can reach the Gentiles, so that they can make these other cultures feel comfortable in the church. And so I think that's what the, the model we tried to follow is, um, yes, as a church, we're going to have to um, be very intentional and we're going to have to be willing to get outside of our comfort zone um, and serve in ways and, and learn about other cultures we might not have otherwise. But all of that is worth it for us to be unified and praising Jesus and reaching more people. So, Yeah, definitely. Um, so how has this allowed your student ministry specifically to become more knowledgeable when it comes to cultural affairs? Because obviously oh, yeah. when people are coming from other countries and they're bringing all these issues up from like where they came from, uh, mm -hmm. obviously there has to be some kind of growth in knowledge, at least for your own kids that are just born and raised in Alabama, where they really haven't seen the world outside of Alabama. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so what does that look like? How does that involve or increase knowledge of other things going on in other cultures? Yeah. I mean, I could share so many stories. Um, <laughs> uh, just a few weeks ago, we were doing this, this kind of activity during our service where basically they were trying all of these spicy snacks and trying to figure out what was the best tasting one. And it was a game because we were talking about staying on fire for Jesus. But, um, Anyway, they like raided the snacks. There was all these spicy snacks that they were eating. And uh, they had to write down what was their favorite, what was their least favorite, and then we tallied them all up. And people voted, uh, or basically the most and the least favorite snack was the same. Like a lot of people voted that the same thing was their least favorite, and the most people voted the same thing was their most favorite. And it was just like this uh, Mexican candy. Um, but like all of, our white kids were basically like, this is the worst thing I've ever ate. <laughs> and all of our Hispanic kids were like, give me more of that. Like, that's the best, that's the best snack out there. Um, and that's just like that's a silly awesome. example. But, um, yeah, it's our, I really, you know, our kids are going, they're all going to school together, all these students. Um, and our schools are very integrated, but a lot of times, um, they don't really interact with people of other cultures at their schools. And so when you're in a church room, you know, with 50 or 60 people and, and half those people are not like you, you are really forced um, to learn and to 
interact. And, um, you know, I try to do things like we have this thing called a student spotlight that we do every few weeks. We just get a student up and they talk about their life. And so those have been beneficial for students to hear about um, other cultures. Um, having students share, share their testimonies has been really powerful because a lot of times um, the testimony of students who have come from other parts of the world or who or just were raised in a different culture is a lot different and a lot more, you know, in a lot of ways um, can teach our other students about the different ways that God works. And so, yeah, those have been a few of the, of the ways we're able to share about these different sure. things and, and even have different events. Um, you know, we do, you know, most of these people from these other cultures, um, they love soccer <laughs> And we live in Alabama, and, like, football is king in Alabama. <laughs> and, like, you know, yep. most of our students who are from here, you know, they love football. But all these other kids love soccer. So this is just a simple thing, but, like, we started doing a soccer tournament every year um, as part of outreach. And, to, you know, our kids love to play, and um, that's just one thing we tried to do, an event, an example of an event we yeah. tried to do to – get people interacting and, and reaching out to these, these kids. Yeah, that's awesome. And so um, what has been in your mind, the best thing that has come out of making this kind of jump into intercultural youth ministry? Mm. Yeah. I'll, and I'll, I'll kind of, I'll tangent off that too. Cause I want to hear the, what the biggest challenge too. Yeah. Um, the biggest challenge is not mess, not just doing something super dumb <laughs> um, that, you know, is culturally insensitive. You know, anytime you step into other cultures, you're taking a risk of, you know, I mean, I don't know the other culture perfectly, but it's worth it to take the risk. And it's okay if you mess up as long as they know you love them. Um, but the challenge, too, I think is just, the differences in, you know, even like in the differences between parents and how they raise their kids, that's come up a lot with, with parents in our Hispanic congregation versus our English speaking one. Um, there's differences in how they raise their kids and those come out in, you know, how they think we should do things at youth group. Um, and so that just requires a lot of conversations, a lot of earning trust and that takes time and effort. Um, I mean, but the best thing is, is these kids are seeing, like I mentioned a minute ago, how God is working through people unlike them um, and how, like, they're able to appreciate these different cultures because they see the different ways um, and the things that God is doing. Um, and just their understanding of God and what he can do, I think, is being expanded. And, you know, I tell my students all the time, like, by them coming together to worship Jesus, uh, despite being so different, they are showing the world a picture of what heaven's going to be like. Um, and they are showing the world of the power, the power of Jesus to unite people who are very different. Um, yeah. They get to be a part of that. Um, so I try to stress that a lot with them because yeah. that really is, I mean, the most beautiful thing to me is to see them all out there worshiping Jesus together, knowing all of their different stories and backgrounds. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's that's a super cool thing. And I think it's pretty, I mean, just from our conversation today, um, 
it's it seems like it's a pretty easy statement to say that your church is focused more on other cultures and other um parts of the world i mean your focus is more than just the occasional project it's more than just the once a year mission trip where you may or may not go overseas or anything like that you are literally working to involve and incorporate cultures from all over the world that come to alabama um, whether they be refugees or just moving into the u.s um into a place where they are fully incorporated into what you do which is awesome um, and I, I think that's, like you said, I think that's what we're supposed to do. I think that's what we're called to do. Um, and I think the scripture breathes that really, really, um, simply. Um, and I think it's something that we as churches all need to work towards doing better at. Um, and so kind of shifting in that direction, um, for the people that might not have a cross or intercultural, um, mindset when it comes to youth ministry or church um what would you recommend that they do um how would you recommend that they start and um what we'll answer those two first and then we'll go into some more yeah well once you realize yeah the biblical basis for all this and recognize that hey there's 430 languages spoken in the u.s and like some of those are probably in your community so once you realize that I do understand it's hard, you know, overwhelming to think like, okay, what, how can we actually do this? Um, and I would just say it takes a lot of time and patience. Um, but the most important thing is to find a way to interact with people of other cultures in your community, um, where they're at, uh, or meet a need that they have. You know, we've taught a lot of ESL classes over the years, and that's been a way to connect with many of the families who are now in our, our church. Um, you know, we've, yeah. uh, you know, I've even just like personally, like as a pastor, I try to be in parts of my community where I know there's people from other cultures because I want to reach them, uh, whether that's restaurants or uh, the soccer field or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and so yeah, um, those are just a few like small ways, but I would say, yeah, go where people are, spend time with them. Um, the schools are another great place to do it as a youth pastor. You know, there's people from all different cultures in your schools in the local schools. And so find a way to get in there and interact with people. Like I just go eat lunch at a school a few days a week and just walk around and talk to different students. Um, I was just talking to one uh, the other day who had just moved here like last week. <laughs> and so um, that's just a simple way for youth pastors and thing they can do. Yeah. No, that's awesome. How do you, and I guess transitioning that question, how do you prepare your students to be the ones that are also helping in this endeavor with reaching out to the students within their schools, students within their local neighborhoods or within the community that they're in other activities with? How do you encourage and how do you equip students to um, share and spread that same message? Yeah, uh, you mentioned mission trips earlier. Our short-term summer mission trips have been huge for that, for our students catching a vision of that. Uh, we've been intentional about taking our kids. Um, the past few years, we've been to a few different places in the U.S. to work with refugees on our short-term mission trip. But, you know, the whole trip is framed around the idea of we're going to do this so that we can learn how to do it back where we live. And so yeah, that's been really helpful, probably the most helpful thing. 
you know, obviously I teach about these things and preach about them. But, um, yeah, I would say that's been the most helpful thing is going and practicing it and then having conversations with students about how we can apply it once we get back. Sure. And so I guess, at least in my mind, I I like asking this question kind of at the end just as a tangent of um, kind of getting to hear anything else that you ha might have to say. Um, but first off, uh, do you have anything else to add on this topic and this conversation? And then I've started asking this question um, to more and more guests as they come on. What is your word of advice to youth pastors that are listening in on this episode? Hmm. Yeah, so combining both those, I think uh, there's this thing called second-generation kids. You know, they're the ones whose parents are immigrants, and they are now being raised in the U.S., and there are so many people in your community who are like that. Um, and those young people so often do not feel like they belong anywhere. Like they don't belong. They're not fully whatever their parents are. They don't speak the language as good. They didn't never lived in that country. But they're also not fully American because um, they are being raised with their the cultural heritage of their parents. And because of that, they feel, um, yeah, like they don't belong. Um, a lot of times, even spiritually, they feel like the faith of their parents is different um, because it's in a different language or, you know, there's just differences. They don't feel like the faith of their parents is theirs, but then they like, if they were to go to a church, like they see something um, that's totally foreign to them in a, a totally different culture. Um, and it's hard for all those barriers to be torn down in that space for them to really see that Jesus is for them. And so... Yeah. Um, I think, especially for youth ministers, focusing on those second generation kids and recognizing those things is so important um, that, you know, they may look like, and uh, you know, like a lot of the same things that a lot of your other students do, but they do have differences deep down. And I think knowing yeah. every student's story is so important. Um, and when you talk about like cross-cultural ministry, um, yeah, you really learn that. And um you have to see people based on who they are and their background and experiences if you want to be able to reach them um, and just be able to tear down all the obstacles that are there from them understanding the gospel. And so... Sure. No, that's that's good. Mm -hmm. And so... Very good. Yeah. And I would say um, some of the other big things, you know, we've, get, we've done are, you know, is... And I've already mentioned this, but just... For the kids who are coming, who are from other cultures, putting them putting them up in front of everyone and celebrating uh, their culture or who they are, their testimony in some way is so important. Um, you know, when you celebrate something, you know, it makes it special and it makes people know that they belong. And so I think that's important. Yeah. And then lastly, as we're kind of wrapping up and closing up this episode, do you have any resources that you and your church have used in order to um, kind of gain extra insight on this? Have you read any books regarding this? Any other recommendations of stuff that people can go out and look at? Yes, there, there's a lot because, you know, I need all the help I can get. <laughs> and so as I've tried to navigate sure. all this, it's just been reading so much and trying to learn from others, um, mainly books like Building a Multi-Ethnic Church by Derwin Gray is 
just an amazing biblical vision for why we should pursue cross-cultural ministry. And then um, Becoming All Things is a book by Michelle Reyes. And she basically just takes the passage where Paul talks about do whatever you can to reach people and just breaks it down how you can do that in your own life, becoming all things. And then I mentioned that book earlier about how youth ministries or youth ministers should see themselves as missionaries. It's called Youth Ministry as Mission. And it talks a lot about basically how youth ministers can gain the tools of a missionary and they already have them. And, and put them into practice in their community to reach people. That's awesome. No, I, we, and so if you're listening to this, like always, all of these will be linked in our show notes for this episode. As you're listening, you can go to studentministryconversations.org, find this episode, and under all of the ways that you can listen to this episode, there will be show notes with all of this um, information, all these books that uh, Russell has just mentioned, as well as contact information for Russell if you have more questions. Because this is something that, like I said, we've talked about a couple times now, that a lot of churches aren't doing or are not doing well. Um, and there are very few churches that are doing it well and worth replicating. Um, and it seems like Russell is doing things right and his church is on the right path. So if you, I'm sure if you'd like to reach out to Russell, with any and all questions, he'd love to follow up with you. Um, and we will link his contact information in the show notes as well. But Russell, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, the easiest way is just to email me at russell at cbcdecatur.org, Central Baptist Church. So russell at cbcdecatur.org. Um, and yeah, that's been one of the hardest parts on this journey is just not having other you know, youth pastors to talk about these things with. And so please reach out to me if you have any questions or I want to talk more about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that is all the time that we have for this show. If you are a frequent listener of our podcast, all that we ask is that you do your part to get our podcast out to the greater student ministry audience. Share our podcast with your youth pastor friends on social media or tag a specific episode, maybe it's this one, that really stood out to you. Either way, be sure to tag us in the post on your favorite platform by using at Talk Student Men as our social media handle. Finally, if you'd like to be on the show in the future, like Russell, um, you can reach out to us on social media or send us an email, podcast at studentministryconversations.org, and we'd love to set up a time that you can come on the show with us. But Russell, man, from someone that actually listens to the closing of the uh podcasts and knows that you can email us and get on the show thank you for reaching out thank you for wanting to be a part of the conversation um and man thank you for the topic today it's been uh, the conversation has been great um and like i said i've been looking forward to this topic for a while but we don't want to jump the gun on topics and we want the right people to speak on the right topics um and so when you said that you wanted to do this topic i was all ears um and excited for this one and i'm excited for listeners um to hear this one and so for all that are listening as we close this show we hope that you have a great week and we will see you next time <laughs>